Hey there, people. It's Bills by the Numbers, presented by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Coming up, what does Buffalo's league-leading margin of victory mean in the playoffs? The history of number one defensive units in the postseason. And Bills Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas joins us to give us his outlook on Buffalo's playoff run. It's time for the second season to begin! All right, glad you could join us here on Bills by the Numbers. Bills Wall of Famer Steve Tasker and Bills Insider Chris Brown with you as always. And on the table this week for these three things, they all involve what the Bills accomplished in the 2021 regular season and what NFL history tells us as to how that might project into the postseason. First up is Buffalo's league-leading margin of victory. We discussed the Bills' league-leading point differential last week which, by the way, finished up at a plus 194, a franchise record. But in Buffalo's 11 wins this season, their average margin of victory was, are you ready for this, 22.1 points, which accounted for a 243-point differential in those 11 wins. It was the fourth largest in the NFL since 1970, behind Cincinnati, 24.4 in 1989. They went to the Super Bowl. 22.9 by St. Louis in 1999, you remember what that team did, and 22.3 by Pittsburgh in 1976, the Steel Curtain defense. The Bills became just the fifth team since the merger in 1970 to win 10 or more games by at least 12 points. The other four teams, the 85 Bears, the 99 Rams, the 02 Bucks, and the 2007 undefeated Patriots. All four of those teams made the Super Bowl in those years, with three of them winning the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Patriots, the ones getting upset by the Giants. So, Steve, mm-hmm. while it doesn't guarantee that the Bills are going to the Super Bowl, how encouraged are you by the history of what a dominant margin of victory means for a playoff team? I'm very encouraged, um, except for the team that we're playing this weekend. Um, <laughs> It's encouraging because it takes both sides of the ball. And, I, and you look at the teams that do that. They had a, an offense that was expl- – even the 85 Bears. It, they do all share one thing. They had really good defenses. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that gives you the differential. You can certainly be a high-flying offense and all of that. But when your defense holds the other team off the board, that's a recipe for success, no question. The Bills certainly meet that, being in the top five in, point dif- in both offense and defense, points scored and points allowed. The Bills are tough to beat. They're a tough out. And I would say that that certainly sets them up for success. The second thing that's setting them up for success now, and we'll, we'll talk a little later to Thurman Thomas about it, is they're healthy. Mm-hmm. They found their offensive line late in the year. Their running game has emerged as a factor now at the last month of the season, and they seem to be peaking at the right time. Right. So all of that stuff mixed together puts the Bills on the precipice of a playoff run that looks really impressive. Now, I'll say it again. I've been saying it for months and months. You're you saying gotta it for play, over a year. you got to play well <laughs> on that game, on that day. So anything can happen on game day. But certainly the Bills have put themselves in a position and proven that they have it in their tank to, to make a run. And while all your points are well taken about the offensive line coming together and maybe playing their best football now – their run game rediscovered, rejuvenated, and resurgent in helping to balance out the offense. The number one defense in football, which belongs to Buffalo, has been there all year long. Now 
They actually have a pass pass rush rush, they can count on with 19 sacks in the last four games of the regular season that led the league over that span. I'm even more encouraged that their defense will be able to hold them in games if for some reason the offense isn't clicking right from the jump. That encourages me maybe more than anything else. You have a, you had a defense that was already number one. Now they're throwing a pass rush on top of it. It's like gravy on a pile of mashed potatoes. It's right. delicious. Right, and and you've got to got to know this too. The one thing that gives you might give you some encouragement about this matchup with the Patriots this weekend. They have over the course of the last half of this season and for a long stretch have start struggled offensively yes. to get out of the gate in games. Um, you don't want to do that on the road in the playoffs with mm-hmm. this crowd and this defense. Now, as encouraged as we are, would you like to guess who finished second in the league in margin of oh, victory this season? Guess. I knew. I know. It's I, their it, wild card opponent Saturday are, night. They are always very good in this mm-hmm. statistic. It's 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 one of their hallmarks of Bill Belichick coaching. So teams. you're so even though the Patriots won their ten games by a margin of twenty one point four points less than a point behind Buffalo on average, you're not surprised that they have that wide margin of victory. It's, I am a little bit because of their quarterback. Right, rookie quarterback. Rookie I don't think many people would expect that. And I that. think it's, it's very rare, and everybody knows this, but it's very rare for a team to go to the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. And usually, even when it happened the last time, which is 2012 with Russell Wilson, Usually that quarterback, like they are this, like Mac Jones is this year, they're along for the ride. Mac Jones, Russell Wilson back then, it was the Legion of Boom. They did it with Marshawn Lynch and the defense. And that's a little bit, that's the recipe that the Patriots have had, a running game and a defense. And Mac Jones has been very steady and very promising for what his future might hold. Smart guy. He's tough. Uh, he he hurt the Bills with a couple of scrambles last game, which I was surprised about. He looked way more athletic and and able to get some yards when when it was there. But as usual, it's very rare when they get there. But when they do, that recipe seems to be the the common denominator. He's yeah. along for the ride. Just do enough to help those two solid parts of your team. Um, but it doesn't surprise me that the Patriots are there again. Their defense is really good. It's always a, an execution-based defense. Now, in years past and recently, they give up a lot of yards. But as teams will tell you, points is what you don't want to give up. Right. And, and they're always hard to score on. And I believe they are number two in the league in red zone defense, which never surprises me. They're always ranked very high in that category. Next up is the history of number one defenses in the playoffs. Buffalo finished 2021 as the number one total defense, pass defense, third down defense, and scoring defense in the league. Three of the last four NFL clubs that ended the regular season leading the NFL in total defense and pass defense went to the Super Bowl. The 2015 Denver Broncos, the 2014 Seattle Seahawks, and the 2013 Seahawks all went to the big game with the number one total defense and the number one pass defense. The only team that did not do that was the 2020 Rams, who lost in last year's divisional round. Do you believe this statistical history, Steve, carries more weight for Buffalo's playoff future than their margin of victory? I would say yeah. I would say yes. This is When you get to the playoffs, you've got teams that are playing at a high level, and, and they're playing efficiently. Uh, now, we've had... Uh, other guests on our show that say, you know, you need to be able to win games independently of facets of your offense. So, for instance, you got to throw the football when, whenever you want to throw it, independent of how your run game's doing. You need okay. to run the football 
whenever you want to run it, independent of how well your passing game is doing. So I think when you get into these kind of games with teams that are able to do that, it does speak to your ability to stop the pass. Because ultimately in the NFL, we've always seen it. Ultimately, you have to have a guy who can make the throws in the pocket. That's the way the game is structured. That's the way it's officiated. That's the way the game, the rules have been made to allow a guy yeah. to do, a team to do. And ultimately, you need a guy that can do enough of that in, under any circumstances to win games. When you've got a team that's really good against that, that's an edge that nobody else may have or your opponent right. may not have. So uh, when you're good against that against all comers, the playoffs or not, you're going to be successful in the playoffs because ultimately that's the way the game is structured. Yeah. I'm fla- I got images flashing through my head as you're saying that of all the NFL film Super Bowl footage, and all you're doing is watching quarterbacks at the end of Super Bowls throwing passes all over the yard. And if you've got the number one pass defense in football, which this Bills defense had almost from wire to wire before their pass rush even showed up at the end of the year, (laughs) that's going to be a pretty tough group to beat, especially if they can get ahead of you on the scoreboard. If the Bills are up anywhere from 10 points or more on the scoreboard, you're in trouble against this team. You yeah. really are. You, if they get you into a pass-only scenario. You're in trouble. You really are in trouble. And I know most teams are – it's a disadvantage for most teams. I don't think Buffalo flinches at that. I don't think the Rams flinch at that. I don't think the Cardinals flinch at that. Green Bay certainly does not flinch at that. Kansas City doesn't flinch at that. Uh, Tennessee may have a problem going pass-only. Cincinnati won't flinch at that. You know, they got these guys, these offenses. You look around the league – they don't really mind getting into a pass-only defense or offensive situation because they've got that guy pulling the trigger, most of them. Uh Uh, The Patriots have not shown the ability to do that. Yeah, Uh, And most teams in the playoffs, if you can get them one-dimensional, it's a plus. But, man, oh, man, all of them can beat you one-dimensional because of the guy pulling the trigger usually. The Bills' pass defense, one more note on it, they allowed just 163 yards through the air this season. That's better than all those defensive units I listed, except for the 2014 Seahawks. They actually lost Super Bowl 49. The, the Seahawks team from the previous year won the Super Bowl, as we know. This was the interception on the that goal was line. The, yeah. yeah, that was the Malcolm Butler interception on the goal line off Russell Wilson to win the game for the Patriots. Third on our list of these three things is Buffalo's rank in scoring and points allowed. This year, there were only two teams that finished in the top five in scoring and points allowed. There was only one NFL team that finished in the top three in scoring and points allowed, the Bills. They ranked third in scoring, first in the league in points allowed. Tampa was the only team to rank in the top five, both scoring and points allowed, ranking second and fifth respectively. So what is the history, you might ask, for teams that finish top five in scoring, top five in points allowed? Since 2005, only 12 teams besides the Bills and the Bucks this year have had a top five scoring offense and a top five points allowed defense. Four of those 12 reached the Super Bowl. Two of, the, two of them won, Pats and Eagles, and then the two losses, the Bears and the Patriots. Two reached the conference championship game. Five reached the divisional playoff. Only one made it to the wild card game. So half the teams that finished top five in scoring and points allowed over the last 15 seasons have reached the conference title game. A quarter of them reached the Super Bowl, as I mentioned. 
Where does that leave you, Steve, with respect to the Bills, knowing they were third in scoring, first in points allowed? Yeah, you got to think you're going to make a run. It sounds good, doesn't it? It does sound good. Um, it's, it, you know, you think the one, the 2015, the only one that didn't make it out of the wild card round was the Cincinnati Bengals with Andy Dalton. Yes. Um, yeah, it looks good. It, it looks very encouraging. But you, you still, you're still facing really good football teams. Uh, and it's it, putting together a regular season like the Bills have put together, as inconsistent as it has been, I think it's almost a benefit if you can get to the playoffs in this condition now when you're peaking like we've been talking about. Now the Bills do seem to be like perched on the edge of something great because they have never put it together. But for whatever reason, injuries, COVID, offensive line shuffling, uh, Tredavious White, losing Tredavious White. Uh, now, that, now that all this stuff seems to be coming together, it seems to be coming together just in the nick of time. Now, they still have to play well on Saturday night against a very good Patriot football team. But with the talent that they've put together, I think I think Brandon Bean and the front office and the scouting staff are all sitting back going, all right, guys, you know, we've got the horses to do this. Uh, let's see you do it. Uh, it's going to be up to how they play, how they come out, how the ball bounces, um, and the matchups that they can dictate to their opponents. But, man, oh, man, I – it's hard to envision the table being set any better than it is for the Bills in 2021 playoffs, yeah. 2020 playoffs, yeah. 2022 no, playoffs. No question about it. And we'll get Thurman Thomas's thoughts on these statistical histories when he joins us in just a few minutes. Hey, Daily Fantasy players, right now, new customers can get a 20% deposit bonus up to $500 on your first deposit. Sign up today at fanduel.com bills. That's FanDuel.com slash Bills. FanDuel, the official partner of the Buffalo Bills. We move now to the numbers game where Steve is going to be quizzed on the best defenses in football when it comes to opponent passer rating. So, Steve, how many of the top 10 teams do you think you can name with lowest opponent passer rating for the 2021 season? Let's do it. Top 10 lowest opponent passer rating. One would be obvious. Buffalo. Buffalo is number one. 65.3 opponent passer rating. Think about that for a second. That's pretty good. 65.3. That's a bad day at the office. Uh, I will say New England. New England is number two. How about that? Number one and number two. New England, 73.3 opponent passer rating. I might say, I might say the Dolphins. Miami's number seven. Good job, Steve. Yeah. 85.4 passer rating against. Three for three out of the gate. Tennessee. Tennessee is number nine. 86.4. Four for four. You were on fire. I am. Fuego. Let me see. Let me get the standings here, because that's what I'm looking at. The, the playoff teams, I think, have got to be. Oh, I Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is not on this oh, list. No. What the streak are you is doing? How is, can the Steelers not be? They got the best. Oh, all right. They have a good pass rush. They're killing me. The quarterbacks still have success. Let's not forget what Joe Burrow's done to them and some others. Tampa. Tampa Bay, number eight, 85.6. Oh. Passer rating against. Yeah, and uh, the Cowboys. 
Cowboys number the, three. Yeah, they seventy six point six. Who have I got now? What, what numbers have I had? I, I think it should go for the sweep here now because you've only got four left. You've got six of the top ten already, Steve, and seven get. What is it? Eight guesses you've had so far. I'll say San Francisco. That would be an A. All right, so I missed two. Rams. The Rams, number five, 83.8 passer rating against. Three to go, Steve. Come on. You can do it. I'll say the Las Vegas Raiders. No, sorry. It seems like the really good pass rush teams don't necessarily have good opponent passer rating in terms of rank. Oh, I'll I'll say the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are wrong. God, now I'm hitting the, I'm hitting the rocky Yeah, you're down here. in the weeds here. Arizona. You, you've run aground. No again. All right, now these are all teams. That's another good pass rush team. I'll say... I'll give you three more guesses since there are three more answers. Denver. Denver, number six. 85 passer rating against. That's amazing. You know, that's a, that's a squasher. Denver oh, finishes. Oh, Fangio got right. totally submarined by not having a quarterback. It, they're 13th in the – they finished this regular season 13th in the conference overall in standings. And it, All right, whatever. All right. Um, two left, Steve. Come on, you can do it. I'll say Chicago. Chicago is no. Yeah, that was a shot in the dark. All right, so your last two teams. It, give me a, give me an AFC, NFC. Both of these teams are in the NFC. Okay. Minnesota. No. Philly? No again. All right, you're done. You're officially done. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, number 10 on the list was Green Bay. 80, I didn't say Green Bay. You did not. Oh, 86.9. I, I, I thought I had said Green Bay. 86.9 passer rating against. And the other team, which had a very good defense but got absolutely no help on the other side of the ball due to a various number of circumstances, the New Orleans Saints, fourth in opponent passer rating at 81.7. Two things happened. I thought I had guessed Green Bay. Okay. When I got beat. That's that's the excuse we're going to go with here? I thought I'd. I thought I. Because I. Yeah, whatever. Okay. You did good, though. Seven out of ten. Top 10 opponent passer rating, Steve. And you were out of the gate on fire. You started need, with your first four. I needed another, just one more half cup of coffee. Four for five. <laughs> right. We move along now to our featured guest this week. It's Pro Football Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas, who gives us his take on just how far he thinks the Bills can go. All right, Thurm, welcome to Wild Card Week. You've had your share of appearances in cold playoff games. What would be your best advice to players who handle the football in conditions this cold in terms of what to wear, no sleeves, gloves, and the like? What's your, what are your recommendations? For the guys that carry the ball, it would be uh, center, Josh, receivers, running backs, tight ends. Uh, I would go no sleeves. Uh, actually, you know, have a feel for the game. Um, and not have it against uh, long sleeves or cutoff sleeves. You know, my first couple of years, I was long sleeve, baby. My rookie year, I'm wearing long sleeves. I, I didn't care what the guys were wearing. Uh, but I think these guys have to be loose. They have to play. I think one of the keys that for them is that, you know what, keep moving on the sideline. Just don't come over and sit down on the bench, on the warm bench every single play, you know. Don't get ready before you have to go out on the football field. Kind of be alive and have a lot of energy on the sideline. So when you're 
ready to go, you're ready to go and not coming off a warm bench. So, hey, I'm a no sleeves type of guy. You know, I think that's the way that you should uh, really protect the ball. And in, in these conditions, you know, even when you're getting that extra yard or two, make sure that you wrap the ball up. Just make sure you, even if nobody's around you, you know that you're getting ready to get tackled, just kind of wrap the ball up because I mean, during the cold, it can be kind of slippery. And uh, so, uh, you know, that would just be my advice. We, we talked a little bit yesterday about practicing outdoors, practicing indoors. And my, my advice was that we practiced a lot outside because we didn't really have the, the facilities weren't what they are now. And, it, right. and I think in the long run, it really helped us because every guy, and everybody's different. So yeah. everybody got a chance to experiment with what they had on their feet, what they used on their hands, go sleeves, go non-sleeves, how many yeah. layers they had under their game pants, all of that stuff. And I know this. I mean, I, I got an extra, a little bit bigger pair of game pants so they were baggier so I could put stuff underneath them. You know what I mean? Right. Stuff like that. Yep. And how important is it for guys to dial that in just right for game day so it's kind of take it out of the back of their mind so they don't have to worry about it? Well, I think, like like you said earlier, you, you, you go out and practice, and Marvin had us practice a lot out in weather like this. And, uh, yes, you would have more like the – the big jacket doing practice or whatever. Uh, but underneath that, you know, what I used to do is that I wouldn't put on a lot of stuff. You know, I was kind of preparing myself to how cold it was going to be, even though, you know, I've been only had on like one sleeve or, and sometimes I went with just, you know, just my regular practice pants and, and the jock. So I was out there actually, you know, trying to get a feel for the game. And so, um, you know, what? when you're out there at practice, do the same thing. Use a lot of energy, you know, get your body pumped up and try to get it used to these conditions that you're going to be doing. So, um, but like you said, a lot of guys were totally different in the way that they prepared. And uh, I once I saw Bruce Smith with no sleeves, I was like, yeah, this is what I need to do because Bruce is intimidating. I'm like, I'm not 6'4", 270, but me being out here and having fun and uh, just showing a lot of energy, you know, that can intimidate a lot of people. So, Therm, Steve and I were talking about this earlier here on Bills by the Numbers. Buffalo is one of just two teams in the league that finished top five in scoring and top five in points allowed. The only other team this year that did that was Tampa Bay. Since 2005, there have only been 12 teams besides the Bills and the Bucks that have done that in a season. Four of those 12 reached the Super Bowl, two others reached the conference championship game. So basically six of the last 12 teams in football since 2005 that finished top five scoring, top five points allowed, at least reached the conference championship game. What do you think the Bills could do now that they have what appears to be a more well-rounded team? That's a tough question there. I think this team, well, you, you always hear, what, defense win championships? Um, I think this team is rounding in the form. I think they could obviously – I think they right now will advance to the AFC championship game. Um, they're playing that well. Uh, you give your, op- your offense a lot of opportunities to uh, take more chances down the field maybe, uh, knowing that you have a defense that is really just like – top of the line and they've been there pretty much all year long um so uh, and they kept the bills in the games throughout mm-hmm. the year so uh if i'm their defense man i'm very confident about what we're going to do out there on the football field against the patriots offense uh you know my thing would be obviously 
I just don't think Mac Jones can beat you as a quarterback. I think if you get pressure on him, uh, he dances outside the pocket, he gets real jittery. Um, so, but the key with that is getting pressure. And I read a stat the other day that said the San Francisco 49ers get 45% pass rush on the, on the opposition, uh, on the quarterbacks. And that's a huge number. And I think that's what we have to do to Mac Jones. We have to make him feel uncomfortable back there. Yeah, and I think as this game, you know, transpires in the cold, and I've said it, uh, it's not the cold that's really going to make the difference in this game. It's the lack of wind that makes this a different game than the one either of the two they've played before. Uh, certainly right. there was no wind in, in New England, and the Bills, I mean, I, I said it when it happened. The second game in this matchup of the season in Foxborough, it was about a half a step from a beatdown by the Bills. Two drop touchdown <laughs> passes. Yeah, it was two drop touchdown passes, and on one of those drop touchdown passes, they also had another touchdown called back on that same drive. Um, And then Josh, you know, puts the cape on, and then Josh put the cape on, put the game away in the second half of the last two drives for touchdowns. Uh, They just had no answers for the Bills. Right. What's going to have to change for the Patriots' defense this time around in Buffalo for it to be different than it was in Foxborough? Well, I tell you what – Man, I still haven't looked up the guy's name. I can't even remember. But if his number is number 41 for the Patriots, whoever we're covering. uh, Miles Bryant. Miles Bryant. Yeah. Well, they're probably going to have to take him off the field. Because if we get that matchup again, that's where I'm going. I know to be Cole Beasley in that situation or in that spot. But, you know, I'm using Isaiah McKenzie to really, uh, you know, play that role. And when he gets into the football game to really do some damage on the guy you guys just mentioned, but uh, I don't know what they can do differently. Uh, I know this, that, and I think you guys may have talked about this, but Josh really hasn't played well against the Patriots at home. He hasn't played well. And uh, so um, I think Josh just needs to come out and just play his game. Um, I I think with not having that win condition here, uh, he'll be a more of a factor uh, in this ball game. So uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking for the Bills to win this football game. I know we haven't really talked about that or got to it yet, but I, I'm looking for the Bills to come out on top on this game. So, Thurm, last time against the Bills, the Patriots chose to many times rush three, maybe four. They had their ends stay disciplined in their rush lanes in an effort to keep Josh from, you know, escaping and running for yardage. It didn't always work, uh, and he wasn't sacked. And he carved him up, you know, three touchdown passes, 314 yards passing, et cetera, et cetera. Do they, do they change that approach and roll the dice and try to pressure him more to see if that works, knowing they are going to open themselves up to the possibility of him ducking under pressure and, you know, getting out the back door? Well, I, I think, uh, Brownie, I think what that's going to translate into, but how are we going – how are they going to prepare for a running game, who, which has obviously done well in the past three or four weeks? Right. Now that we've got that going a little bit now with Devin Singletary, you know, what are they thinking now? You know, are they going to stack the box now? I, I don't think they'll stack the box, but are they going to have to play for the run? And, and I think they will have to. And I think if you have that running game going where they're going to do that, they may, if they blitz some guys, hey, we've been running screens. We've been doing our little things that we're supposed to do when that happens uh, throughout the last three or four ball games. And 
Devin Singletary has turned into, you know, he's turned into a beast, you know, uh, the last couple of games. And uh, so I see him getting stronger and uh, this offensive line, you know, they've been together for a couple of weeks. So um, <clears throat> I think the first couple of drives, uh, the Bills have to come out and show that, hey, we can, we, we can run the ball. We can also pass it with Josh, but it's not going to be where you're going to have to drop eight guys back now. You know, you're going to have to worry about the run now with Devin Singletary. Yeah, this it does seem to be uh, – let's think about it. I mean, uh, <clears throat> this is a game where the Bills couldn't – I don't know if they could possibly be in a better spot headed into a wild card weekend. They're as healthy as they've been all season. They've got their offensive line congealed finally after in the last month of the season where they have you – know, I like that congealed. I did like where it. They, they came together in the last month of the season, and they finally got five guys they like, and they were playing well. Uh, Devin Singletary has found his rhythm – their defense uh, has found something uh, defensively. Their running game has emerged. Um, they seem to be poised for a run, health-wise, tactically. All the guys, they're all the facets of their game are clicking. Um, if if they lose this game, oh, stop it! There are absolutely no oh. excuses for how they've got. And I say this, and I'm not saying it just to say it, but. You got to tip your hat to Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, the coaching staff, the sports science staff. They have peaked at the right time. I think last year they might have peaked a little bit early. Right. Now it seems like we have yet to see them play their absolute best football. We've seen flashes of it and the certainly that game against New England was a spot where Josh played as good as he could play. But this seems to be a team perched on the moment when they're peaking at the right time with the right players on both sides of the ball and in every off facet. I think so. I think if you is look that, at this, do you it, agree with that? Oh, I definitely agree with that. Oh yeah. Everything is falling into place now for the Buffalo bills. Trust me. I, I, I've thought about that. I've seen that. I understand it. You know, this wouldn't happen years ago, but now we're getting healthy at the right time. I think we're, uh, you know what? And, and I'm just kind of looking forward here a little bit and, they beat New England. I would still feel just as great as I do about them beating New England as it's the following week going up to Kansas City and beating them. I think this team is confident that they can do that or wherever they may play. Uh, and they're getting healthy. Like you said, they're healthy right now going into the uh, postseason. And when you look around the rest of the teams, uh, uh, they may be healthy, but you know, we're, we're getting some key guys back here and uh, to make a run at this and, uh, they're primed to do it. I know they're primed to do it. I still see in my mind a picture of Stephon Diggs uh, looking at the Kansas City Chiefs celebrate, uh, and I'm sure that's on his mind, and he wants to get to that situation. So, uh, you know, I'm pumped for this team. I'm confident that they can go out and, and make a real good run at this. I don't want to. I don't want to poo-poo the number one seed Tennessee Titans, but I think every team in the league, in the conference is like somebody's got to go into Kansas City and beat them. And they're all kind of – they kind of got that in the back of their mind like, wow, I don't know if anybody can do it. I think the Bills may be the team that is looking forward to getting that chance. They would yeah. – I think this is a team that would relish the chance to go into Kansas City and have that happen again. If, win or lose, they would love to take the swing of that. I think most teams – and I think the Bills would too, I, I, at the bottom of their heart, would say, hey, I hope somebody upsets them. But I don't think the Bills would flinch about going into Kansas City. I think that. they want that chance. I don't think they'll shy away from it. Like maybe other teams are maybe try to duck it. I think the Bills may be the one team in the conference to say, you know what, let's go. I mean, they're the three seed. 
I think they can beat the one seed and the two seed, to be honest with you. I know the Titans might be getting Derrick Henry back, but um, hey, I, I, I like our chances. I, I really do like our chances in against the one seed and the two seed. And uh, like I say, this this team this team is built building on what they went to last year, which was the AFC Championship game. And uh, hey, I know the play hasn't been steady throughout the year, but they're peaking at the right time, and that's the last quarter. Uh, of the season going into the postseason, uh, these guys are comfortable and you, you can kind of tell the way they're talking when they're doing interviews, you can see that, you know what, they're ready to play this postseason. And I, and I totally believe them. All right, Thurman, as always, thanks for the insight and the advice for playing in cold weather. We appreciate that. You try to stay warm this week and uh, we'll catch up with you real soon. All right, bro. Go Bills. All right. thanks, That's Thurman. Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas joining us here on Bills by the Numbers. Time now for FanDuel's High-Low Playoff Edition. It's their free pick'em game. Just go to FanDuel's free-to-play section and pick teams for four statistical categories for the league high and low for that week. Get them all right, and you could win a million dollars. Just check it out at FanDuel.com. FanDuel, make every moment more. I'm going to start with the high for points this week, Steve, and I've got the Bucks who are going up against the Eagles. Philly is new to the postseason. First playoff start for Jalen Hurts and head coach Nick Sirianni. They're one of the worst points-allowed defenses in the playoffs. Tampa, high for points. Low for points, I'm going with the Steelers. I just think they're a bit overmatched here against the Chiefs. It's hard for them to generate big plays on offense. I believe that hurts them against a big-play Chiefs team. So Pittsburgh, low for points. Right, so high for passing yards, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow threw for almost 1,000 yards over his last two games. Yeah, the Raiders have a pass rush, but uh, Burrow's protect and Burrow's protection has been suspect all year, and he's still been productive. So I think Burrow is not phased by a big pass rush. Okay. He's seen pressure all year. It's not a new thing for him. He's gonna he's gonna be the he's going against the top pass defense in no 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 uh, he's yeah he's been productive all year. So I think Joe Burrow is going to be the guy. Now, low for passing yards. I got ahead of myself there. I got the Patriots. I don't think Mac Jones is going to be able to throw it uh, in Buffalo down the stretch. Uh, last time out against the Bills, he threw for 145 yards, and he threw it 32 times, 14 for 32. He's going against the top pass defense in football in Buffalo, New England low for passing yards. Yeah, I think they're going to be charged up to play that guy again. High-low changes things up in the playoffs. They go individual receiving yards, so high for me, individual player for receiving yards. I'm taking Cooper Cup from the Rams, duh. Led the league in receiving this season. One of the most consistent and precise route runners in the NFL. I see him having continued success against the Cardinals on Monday night. Low for individual player receiving yards. I am going with Pittsburgh's Deontay Johnson. The reason why is, as we said earlier, not a lot of big play ability for Pittsburgh due to Roethlisberger's arm. So while Johnson may have a lot of receptions, I don't see the yardage piling up for him. Right. Okay. So high for individual rushing yards. I'm going to take Pittsburgh's Najee Harris. He's gotten a heavy workload all season long. I don't expect that to change. The, the Chiefs' defense isn't anything exceptional against the run, and the Steelers are going to have to lean on him they do for some offensive week. power. So he's going to get more opportunities, and I think he'll make the most of them. Low for individual rushing yards, I think Zeke Elliott. He's splitting the work with Tony Pollard over the last two months. Pollard's the more explosive player. I feel good about Elliott being held in check by resurgent 
uh, 49ers defense that has come on in the last month. So I, because he splits time and because he's one of the guys you've got, I think Zeke will probably have less success than Pollard will, and yeah. I think Pollard will get more opportunities. That's kind of been the case the last yeah. eight weeks of the season. They almost have to play Pollard more because he's he brings more juice to their running game. Good pick, Steve. That will do it for this edition of Bills by the Numbers. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use so you know when our next episode is available. And remember, when you need to know about the Bills, you have to check Bills by the Numbers. For Steve Tasker, I'm Chris Brown. Enjoy the playoffs, everybody. <laughs>